Well, it's good to see the four o'clock crowd once again. It's been a couple weeks since I've been at this Mass. I hope you can forgive me. I really do hope you can forgive me, because the Lord talks about forgiveness today and what happens to those who do not forgive. So not just for my sake, but for our sake, we seek to forgive each other. The Lord is very clear today, brothers and sisters, that we are called to forgive just as he forgives. He's saying this throughout all the readings, the first reading, the second reading, even the psalm, and especially the gospel, that beautiful but strong and powerful parable that we heard. In that first reading from Sirach, we hear about those who have wrath or anger in their hearts are sinners, holding on to them and not wanting to let them go. But then we read about in the psalm, we sang so beautifully that the Lord is truly kind and merciful. He pardons all of our iniquities. He doesn't judge us according to our actions, but he deals with us with mercy. And for him, in the eyes of the Father, as far as the east is from the west, which is infinite, that's how far away he is from our transgressions when he forgives us, and they are from us. And in the beautiful letter from St. Paul to the Romans, we, le- we read that we live for God, we die for God. So whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. What all this is getting at, brothers and sisters, is that we're called to be like God. And God is merciful. God is loving. God is forgiving. And we're called to be like Him. And that's what that parable is all about, this, this, this strong, powerful parable It's kind of shocking to hear sometimes, but that we read about in the gospel. But once again, it's important to take it in its context. We have Peter approaching Jesus himself. Throughout the past couple weekends, we've been reading about Peter. He's the one that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ said to him, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He has that power, that ability to forgive sins In the name of Jesus Christ. And now we have that same Peter approaching the Lord and saying, Okay, Lord, but how often? How often am I called to forgive? Seven times? Seems like a lot. The Lord comes back and says, No, 77 times. Other translations say 70 times seven. In other words, 490 times. Which in Jewish ears, Hebrew ears, that's a a number of Jubilee, a number of forgiveness, of mercy. It's a huge number, the perfect number, if you will. So that's what our Lord is saying to Peter. Seventy times seven, or seventy-seven times. Then we have that parable of the wicked servant who isn't willing to forgive that servant who sinned against him. In this translation that we read, it says that that first servant goes to the king and he owed him a huge amount that doesn't really do it justice. In the Greek, it says he owed him 10,000 talents. One talent is 6,000 days worth of work. So we're talking 60 million days worth of work. That's how much this servant owed the king. 60 million days, 160,000 years. It's just rough math, by the way. I'm not doing it on the fly. Don't worry. It's all written down. $8.6 billion, more or less. That's what the servant owed the king. Impossible to pay back. 
And if he's thrown into prison, how is he going to pay it back? That's impossible. There's no way. But he falls on his knees and begs for mercy to the king. Someone of totally different rank. And the king forgives him. Sets him free. Says, your debt is forgiven. Go. Go in peace. But then we have that altercation, that interaction between this servant and one of his fellow servants. Once again, it's not servant to king, but servant to servant on the same level playing field. And in this translation, it says he owed him a small amount. In the Greek, it says 100 days wages, about $8,000. $8,000, billion. That's a huge difference. That is payable. It's going to take a long time for sure, but it is payable. It's a small amount, and it's not to somebody higher than you. It's someone at the same level. But the servant, even though he was just forgiven, isn't willing to forgive his fellow servant. And the Lord gives the meaning of the parable at the end. He says, unless you show mercy to your brothers and sisters, you will not receive mercy from God. It's shocking to hear. It's hard to hear. What is the truth? If we're not practicing mercy, brothers and sisters, and forgiving, how can we expect to receive what we ourselves aren't giving itself? So the Lord challenges us, encourages us to forgive. And in forgiving, we become like God. We see God for who he truly is, kind and merciful. He forgives all things, our sins, our iniquities. Our failures. He knows that we have all of those things, we have all that baggage with us, but He still sees us for who we are His son, His daughter, and He's willing to forgive. We're called to imitate that. Even though we see the struggles of our brothers and sisters, or children, or parents, or friends, or co workers, or priests, or whoever it might be, even though we see those things, we're called to see through them and see the person and to be like God and forgive. To be merciful, to be kind. That's how we're called to do it, brothers and sisters. But I think that many times we're hesitant to do so. We're, we're slow to practice that mercy because maybe we don't realize, first and foremost, how merciful God is towards you and towards me. We don't realize that greatness of God, His power, His almightiness, and how He deigns to forgive us. To give us a second chance and a third chance and a 77th chance. He does it over and over again. As long as we're willing to come back to him. God is so merciful, brothers and sisters. He's thinking of each and every one of you right now. If you were to cease thinking about you, you would cease to exist. You wouldn't be a happy memory. You would have never existed. Let's try to wrap our hands around that. God is currently thinking about you right here and right now. He's not thinking about your sins. He's thinking about who you are. Even though he knows your sins, he wants to forgive them. He doesn't just wait for you. He comes to you, seeking to forgive you in the confession, seeking to forgive you whenever you turn to him, seeking to forgive you through your brothers and sisters as well. We take that for granted so very often. We always think, oh, he's going to forgive me. Or maybe we think, I've already sinned, so I can do another sin. 
Brothers and sisters, if we realize how much God loves us, we should strive to love him back. We should strive to receive that mercy, not take it for granted. And then, and only then, can we then go and practice that mercy with others. And so I encourage you this week to dwell on the mercy of God. How he's been merciful with you in particular. Because the moment we take it from the level of generality to specificity in our own lives, it makes a big difference. We can think about the love of God, and that's great, that's fine and dandy, but when we think about the love of God for us in particular, it really cuts to the heart. It can really help us. It can transform our hearts. And so this week, dwell on God's mercy for you in particular. Try to look back on your life and see, has there been a moment when you've received his mercy, when you felt his mercy in a very real, tangible way? Dwell on that. And then, strive to imitate that mercy with your brothers, with your sisters, with the people that are in your lives. Because the more we dwell on God's mercy, the easier it is to imitate that mercy, because we know what it's all about. And when we forgive, and when we become merciful, we become like God. And that's what we're called to, brothers and sisters. Holiness. Imitation of Christ. So we pray for that grace today to receive God's mercy and kindness and to imitate that in our interactions with our brothers and sisters.